So let's go right to the message. Acts chapter 10, verse 37 and 38. And scholars say that this is, there's no better verse in the New Testament than this verse that sums up the whole ministry of who Jesus was while work walked on the earth. This sums him up, this verse, and just his ministry, what he did while he was here on earth. So let's just go ahead and read it. Know, know the, the, the story of what happened in Judah, Judea. It began in Galilee after John preached a total life change. Then Jesus arrived from Nazareth, anointed by God with the Holy Spirit. I like what it says, ready for action. Come on. And it says, he went through the country helping people and healing everyone who was beaten down by the devil. He was able to do all this because God was with him. How many of you want God with you? And see, if God was with Jesus, he's our example. God's with you no matter what you face, no matter what you go through. You know, like I said, it, this just sums it up. It, if, if that sums up the ministry of Jesus, that just sum up the ministry of who we are as individuals as well. If he's our example, are we going to be blessings? Are we willing to pray with people? Are we really be, are willing to believe with people, encourage people? That means pour courage into people in their circumstances, in their situations. We all know what Jesus Jesus was mo- what Jesus modeled is meant for you and me. Come on. You know, it's like if you had a picture, you go, okay, that's a picture I need to see. I need to go back to Acts chapter 10, and that's what I need to be. I need to be a person of action. I need to per- be a person. Because here's the one thing, what God desires more than anything from all, if you love the Lord, he's not looking for your sacrifice. He's not looking for deals. He's looking for your obedience. Obedience means that you're a follower of Jesus. Amen? Amen. And so what, what I want to show you is people in our communities feel like life is against them. How many of you meet people that are like, man, just life's against me? Things that they walk through, things that we've walked through. And see, people are so connected digitally, you know, through iPhones, through uh, computers and all that. But you know what they're not really connected to? They're not connected relationally. You see, they're alone. And so people, so they're looking for something good on the outside, yet they live in pain on the inside. You know, it's amazing. You can go to people. Everything's together. They got the right car. They got the right house. They got the right mate. They got all the right things. But on the inside, they're miserable. Because money can't buy joy. Money can't buy peace. Money can't buy you know, all those things. See, what those are, joy, peace, patience, all those things are, those are just byproducts of being filled with the Holy Spirit. They're called the fruits of the Spirit. You need the Spirit of Jesus living inside of you first, and then you can live off of the byproducts of the fruit that God gives us. Amen? And what people are doing, they're looking for low-hanging fruit, and they go, well, if I get this, I need joy, I need this. You know what? You need to be, you need to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And see, People in our communities feel like life is against them, and they don't know what, what Jesus is for. Just like Jamie was saying, you know, you go to church, and it's all about rules. You can't do this, you can't do that, and I'm not, oh, that's a bad one. Listen, there's some places they're worried about hemlines and hairlines. I think it's a sin for some women not to wear makeup. Come on. There ain't nothing more with a little, a little improvement. Come on. I think some men need to grow some nappy hairs on their, on their beard. I've been losing hair. I look like a squirrel with mange now. You know what I mean? But I could get out of the shower and I go, man, I got bald spots. And I'm like, golly, but, you know, that's okay. 
I'll be 60 in a couple of weeks. And, and you know, the, the privilege that I have is that God is with me. God's with me. And see, this is how you need to start the day. Listen, God, I need you. I need to be filled. I need to be touched. Every Sunday, let me just say this. Every Sunday when I'm, when I'm healthy and when I'm doing good, I call all my pastors. Jamie can tell you that. And we pray together for every service. I pray for God would anoint. He would feel God's pleasure when he ministers. We pray that you would walk out of here today refreshed and renewed and hungry for God and hungry for the things of God. That you would see God work in your midst. That's how we pray. And so we're, we're talking behind your back. We're praying behind your back. Is that okay? You see, people won't know that Jesus is for them until they know that we are for them. You see, I know this. The hope and the joy of Jesus, we know that Jesus... How many of you know that Jesus changes lives? Come on. How many of you know Jesus changes lives? Come on. Someone ought to get excited in here. More than two people. He changes lives. Here's a question. Has He changed your life? How many of you know religion won't change you? Money won't change you. Well, I like to try. There's a lot of things that we think that's going to help us and change us, but the only change happens when you see, see that God is in your corner. It changes everything. I have a friend of mine. Him and his brother were great basketball players. and They, they went to UL. And, and, and Craig used to tell me, he said, I remember, he said, when I went to my dad's funeral, Baba, I just remember this. I could hear my dad when we were playing for the, in the state playoffs. So I don't know what game. One of the playoff games. He said, I could hear all, I could, I could hear the crowd going crazy, but I could hear my dad's voice through the crowd. And he'd go, come on, Craig. And see, sometimes we got to tune our ear to hear Jesus through the crowd. That He's in our corner. And, you know, it's not like a Rocky movie. You know, come on, Rocky. Come on. You know, you got it, Rocky. No, you got it when you hear God. And God can direct you. You see, we're called the body of Christ. This is what the church is all about. And see here, when people think of OSC, I want them to know that it's a place for people. That people can come and God can begin to do an inside job. God can begin to change us from the inside out. That's what it's all about. It's not what we look like on the outside. Yeah, God will clean you up. But here, let's look at Matthew. Are y'all with me? One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, uh, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they, they fish for a living. It'd be like South Louisiana throwing out a, a saying net, you know, in, uh, around Hackberry. You, you know what I mean? And here these guys are, and a bunch of them were all fish. A bunch of the disciples were fishermen. And some were IRS agents, and they had other jobs and stuff. But what happens is a fisherman, their life would be very tranquil. You get up early every morning. Okay? You know, like to be a fishing guide or hunting guide, oh, it's glorious. No, it's work. Okay? You get up every morning before everyone else. You get into the boat. Make sure you got all your stuff for the right 
the trip and what you're going to do. And if there's people with you, how many of you know, you know there's people in your boat with you? As people go, Pastor Bubba, I want fellowship. But some people go, i got enough fellows in my ship right now, you know, before I do anything. And see, what happens is right here, y'all with me? He said, get up early. And they, they get in the boat, push away from all the noise of the town. They sit in the boat for hours and hours. Fish all day, night, catch nothing. What were they doing? I think they were taking man naps. I'm away from home. The kid's quiet out here. You know, they're, they're thinking all day. And the wife's going, where have you been all day? Oh, it's been hard. You don't know. See, one day their life changed forever. Because Jesus showed up on the scene. Listen, when Jesus shows up on the scene of our lives, we're never the same. We're just never the same. Why? You know, it's, it's for our good. I couldn't walk through what I've walked through without Jesus and without friends and people that walk with me. I just couldn't do it. You know, in, in verse 19 uh, of... Um, and it says this, it says like this, and, and, and Jesus called them out. How many of you have ever been called out? You remember your mama? She'd use your middle name and everything else. When you were getting called out, it wasn't just like, come. And my real name's Howard. It'd be Howard Ray McCann Jr. You better get your butt in the house now. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, I better put some books in my pocket. But Jesus called them out, and this is what he said. Come, follow me. Follow me. And I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. News about him spread as far as Syria. And the people began bringing to him all who were sick. And whatever their sickness or disease, or if they were demon-possessed or epileptic or paralyzed... He healed them all. In one moment, they were surrounded by peaceful waters. Think about that. They were out fishing in their boat. They had, you know, those calm days. The next, they're surrounded by sickness, craziness, and hurting people. They go from one thing to a whole other thing. Jesus took them to the Sea of Tranquility. And what he did, he's in the Sea of Hurting Humanity. That's what he brought them to. And see... Possess people running at them. Fish don't run at you. People do. Ah! Jesus. I'm sure one of the disciples sometimes go, every once in a while, man, you, you sure about this, what we did? This looks like a bad idea. Welcome to the good news tour. This is what your life will look like. And so what I want to do is how do, you, do I join the good news tour? I like coming to Eunice because y'all ask good questions. <laughs> Here's how you become a part. First of all, act of kindness. Open your eyes and look for a moment to be generous. Last week, Jamie gave a $100 bill out. Come on. And then he gave $100 to the per- person that gave the $100 bill. We did that in all our campuses last week. And we had some great stories. One kid in Crowley goes, man, I was praying. I didn't know I had an overdraft of $70 before I came to church. And they gave it. And Pastor Josh goes, God wants to teach you to have discipline, son. It's not just that you got blessed. 
You know, you know what I'm saying? Because we were laughing about it. Another lady came when I was in Jennings this past week, and one of the guy, one of the uh, guys, gave her a hundred dollars, and she was crying. And after the service, she grabbed me, and she's by the arm. And she said, "Pastor, you don't know. I come every week, and I'm just barely. I, I'm able just to give a little bit, but today I was able to give part part of what was given to me. You know." And then another person began to share. And so this morning, I don't have $100. But what I do have, when you leave the service today, listen, every one of you going to get this. Something extra is going to show. See, what we're going to do is we're going to give you a card, and it says something extra to show you God loves you. Okay? And attached to that, we're going to have a $5 bill for every one of you. When you leave today, what do you mean by it? Why are you doing that? Because this, here's the rules. Okay, I don't like doing rules, but here's what, there's a, here is what we want you to do. Okay, how many of you can follow and obey? And when it comes to money, go, oh, I'll pass it by. When it comes to money, I don't listen to nobody. <laughs> We're going to give you something extra, and, and kids too, and here's, here's the rules. You can't spend it on yourself. Is that all right? You can't spend it on me, and, and you cannot give it back to the church. Can't spend it on yourself. You can't give it back to the church. You, you can't help, help everybody, but you can help somebody. So we're asking you to pray and say, God, how can I this week? It doesn't mean you, when you walk out of here and you go, all right, you. I've got that done. Shoot. I don't know where you go. Last week when I talked about generosity, I had, during the week when I went, I had two times people paid for my meal. I wasn't looking for that. But it was nice. You know? But here's the thing. I want you to some, do something extra. It just give them the card, and on the back of the card, it just has our Savior's Church. That's all it has. And if you want to, whatever God opens up for you, or, you know, or like you might go, hey, I know when I was in uh, Bible college, we used to do this faith outreach and for three days, and they'd give us a $20 bill. And they say, hey, you can spend this money on whatever you need, but you, need, you can't ask for a place to stay. You can't, ask for, you can't hold up a sign and say, we'll preach for food or any of those kind of things. And he said, but you can spend it, but you need to come back with $20 for three days. And when we started our discipleship school, we did the same thing. And guys would come back. Can we stay three more days? Man, God, you just don't know. I mean, my needs were met. And it just taught me a lesson in life. That no matter where I go, no matter what I do, God's got more than enough. He's just got more than enough. You see, the second thing is you get, first thing is you help one person. The second thing is you join the team. The difference we can make together is incredible. You see, that's why I love our dream teams at every campus. You're, you're, you're heroes, man. You're heroes. Last night I was watching a game and it was North Carolina against Clemson. Because everybody in Jennings watches Clemson now because uh, Etienne from there is a running back. LSU should have got him, but Clemson got him, okay? Okay? But, it, but 
but last night, Mac Brown, who's the coach, he used to be the coach for the University of Texas. He's won the national championship in 07. He's a coach for North Carolina. He's changing their attitude. And what happened, it came to the end of the game with like five seconds left. They, they go down and score. They could have tied the game. It could have been 21-21. They could have gone the overtime. But you know what he did? He took a bold move. He said, we're not going for one. We're going for two. Either you're a hero or a zero. He walked away a zero. But it was gutsy. And they, and, and they, they interviewed Dabo Sweeney, who's the coach for Clemson. He, says, he said, he goes, let me tell you something. They outcoached us. They outplayed us. It's just at the end of the day, the scoreboard, we beat them by a point. That's all that matters. But let me tell you something. They outdid us today. And see, I know this. All of us is greater than any one of us. All of us is greater than any one of us. Mother Teresa said, you can do things I cannot do. I can do things you cannot do. Together, we can do great things. Our church can never do all that we do, that we're called to do, without you, without each other. It takes a team. You've heard the, John Maxwell, it takes a, if you want the dream to work, it takes a team to make the dream work. You know, and, and that's what it does. What Pastor Jamie or myself or any one of our pastors, what we can do is we can just paint a picture, and this is what the dream looks like. You know, when we came here to, to Eunice in 07, when we came here, I actually had a guy, his name was Harry Gomes from India. I was showing him the building that we were thinking about buying. It was this building. It looked way different on the inside. Just everything. And Pastor Harry is like, he knows the Bible by memory. I said, literally, when he starts rattling off scriptures, and I'm like, at first I'll go, nah, that ain't right. And I started looking at the scriptures, and it was like, he was right. I go, Pastor Harry, how do you know the scripture? He goes, oh, Pastor Baba. When I got saved, I prayed three months, and God put a blue chip in my brain. And I said, well, that blue chip passed me on by. And we came and we prayed for this building. And I remember it was right by that back door. As you're walking in the door, it was on the right side. And we just put our hands on the building, and, he, and we just prayed. It was a simple prayer. Lord, we just... We just believe that you're going to open up the door. Is this the door? And he prayed. He goes, oh, this is your building. I said, well, thank you. I hadn't even talked to the bank yet. He goes, oh, no, no. God said it's your building, Baba. It's not my building. It's your building. It's our building. And it couldn't happen by ourselves. It took, it took Jennings making a sacrifice we were, Jamie can tell you, he was in Jennings and Cheryl were in Jennings. My, wa- my wife's still mad at me for sending her best friend Cheryl to Eunice and not keeping her in Jennings. And when we came here, it didn't look like all this. But we just believed God. And when Jennings got together, we were ready to build a new sanctuary. You remember that? And we put that off to start this campus. And then when we started Crowley Campus, they needed, they needed to buy supplies and different things. And so Jennings and Eunice Campus helped Crowley launch. Are you hearing me? 
And then, so everything that we've ever done, just a couple of years ago, y'all, y'all, y'all were able to do through legacy. Imagine the play through legacy. Y'all were able to buy new sound equipment, do do some things around here with what you gave and what Jenny's helped you with. And now we're at a point like we're at a point where God's fixing to do some more things. And so, for, here's what I want you to do: in order to be part of the team you got to learn to why do we invest in what you know invest and invite why we invest people matter to God and they matter to us that's why we invest that's why we invite our willingness to get involved in people's lives triggers heaven's willingness to get involved in our lives see when we get involved with people God gets involved with all of us but we just got to, how do you keep an open heaven? By keeping an open hand. It just is. You see, it's what God does when you were born. You were born stingy. But when you become born again, you become generous. Come on. That's what happens. You see, what a tight hand is the spirit of poverty. Oh, no, I can't do that. And there's been times, listen, I've been challenged. Pastor Jamie's been challenged. Pastor Josh, we've all been challenged. Pastor Zach, when he was here. We've all been challenged at a point where we go, okay. It's like my spiritual grandfather. He always has, he has a little song, pushing my chips to the middle of the table. I'm pushing all my chips to the middle of the table. What does that mean? Whatever we got, we're just like, it's for the kingdom. Push them in the middle. How's it going to work out? Jesus, you better show up. That's all we got to say. That's all we got to say. You see, whenever you hear someone mention these three knots, is when you know you need to invite them to church. First knot, not in church. We're, we're, we're not church people. How many of you ever had that? I'm just not a church person. Religion, shoosh. And they'll give you a list. And that's another nod is, uh, it's not going well. Things are not going well in your marriage. I mean, our marriage. I mean, we are jacked up. That's an invite. Are you hearing me? Not prepared for. Had a baby. Had, uh, wasn't prepared for all that. Death in the family. There's all, there's all those things. Here's a specific invitation. Here's what you're going to... I want to give you a specific invitation. How do you invite them? Come sit with me. Just come sit with me. Where are we going to sit? I'm going to take you to a place where I, I go. It's called church. And God's really helped me is I've just... And if God's helped me, you know who I was. You know what I was like. Just come sit with me. You see, it's not... You should visit our church sometime. You know, many people, let me just say this, are one invite away from eternal salvation. One invite. I was preaching in Crowley three weeks ago. They had a, a guy there that he came, and he was a backslidden pastor. Okay? And he said, when you said, I said something in the message, just a, a thing, and he said, it really struck my heart, Pastor Bubba. And after, the, after we had church, I talked to him and said, well, meet me at Java Jolts. It's a coffee shop in Jenny's that a lady in our church owns. And it's a, people congregate over there. People love coffee. Come on. Cajun country, you know. 
I had a friend of mine from California. He said, that community, shoot, I drank that. It felt like it tasted like everybody in the community washed their feet in that coffee. I don't know. I mean, I said, well, brother, you got you just from the bayou, baby. It's like Jeff Foxworthy. As long as Louisiana has ditches, he's married to a Cajun. He says, people will never starve as long as there's ditches in Louisiana, you know. And uh, But what happened is I began to just talk to him and just share with him. And I encouraged him. And he turned his heart around to give it back to Jesus. There's a lot of wounds. There's a lot of hurts. There's a lot of bad decisions that he made along the way. And he didn't allow shame and guilt. You know, how many of the devil loves to play the shame game? And the blame game. And so he began to see that and he goes, you know, I can't keep living that way. I need my heart to change. And God just met him as we prayed right there in the coffee shop. I introduced him to Pastor Josh, and Pastor Josh is doing a, a Wednesday life group in Crowley, and he started going to that. And then, but on Thursday, his daughter was murdered in Baton Rouge. They caught two people. His 31-year-old beautiful daughter was murdered, and when they caught the guys that murdered her, they were pouring Clorox on her body and over the area so there wouldn't be any evidence. And so his wife calls me. She hadn't even come to church yet. And she says, Pastor Bubba, this is Blank's wife. And I was just calling you because I know God's really done something. Because he said when he came back Sunday, she goes, how was it? He goes, changed my life. You need to come. And so I talked to him and he had depended on alcohol when he go through things. And I said, I said, I'll just say his name's Bill. It's not just I said, Bill. Now it's time to lean into the wind and let God carry you through this. Instead of depending on things when you're in stress, you don't know what to do, instead of going back to that. Because listen to me. Look at me. I want to show you. I want to see the why. The very thing that you've been delivered from is the very thing that devil will tempt you with to go back to. He just will. We've all been delivered from different things, but that's the very thing that he'll tempt you to go back and lean upon. And I'll just be happy to say that he had missed a Sunday. His wife's been coming. God's been doing the work in their heart. And that's what we're all about. We're about people. And see, the minute we turn inward, it's all about us. And we're done. But when we look, aren't you glad someone invited you? Aren't you glad that someone took the time to talk to you? To help you? Here's the last point. Be generous with your, your resources. See, uh, Luke 8 says it like this. It says, um, it says, soon afterward, Jesus began a ministry tour throughout the country, visiting, visiting cities and villages to announce the wonderful news of God's kingdom realm. His 12 disciples traveled with him, and also a number of women who had been healed of many diseases under his ministry and set free from demonic power. Jesus had cast out seven demons from one woman. Her name was Mary Magdalene, for she was from the village of Magdalene. Among the women were Susanna, Joanna, and the wife of Chesus, who managed... Uh, King Herod's household. Many other women who supported Jesus' ministry from their own personal finances 
also travel with him. Jesus could have had Peter catch fish every day with gold in their mouth. Amen? Why did he let these women give to the ministry? He didn't just want them to watch the miracle. He wanted them to be a part of the miracle. You see, you're going to have a... You're going to have an opportunity in the next couple of weeks. Pastor Jamie will come next week and Cheryl just begin to explain to you. You're going to have an opportunity. There's many things that we can do. And we have needs in the church, in this place. Wouldn't it be nice to finish that building over there instead of looking at it like it's all covered? And what we want you to do is during that time, you to pray, God, what can I do to be a part of what you want to finish off, what you want to do? You see, in the, in, and so that's going to happen the next couple of months. And all of our campuses are going to reach more people. I believe that. Right now, we're at, a, uh, we're at a place right now. Fixing to talk to a guy. We had some land we were looking at for Crowley. And it's in a prime place. Everybody will see it when they're coming to Crowley. If we get that, if God works that up. But the guy, I hadn't even talked to the guy. guy and one of them, our elders that's in Crowley calls, Pastor Bubba, he said he knows you. He knows you. For, and I'm like, I don't know him. No, no, he knows you. He knew this. He started telling He goes, I guess he does know me, but I, I don't know if I have chemo brain. Because those things make you, you know, it's like Pastor Jacob, he, he told me, he said, man of God, how's that chemo anointing working on you? And I said, man of God, when I have that chemo brain, I just radiate. I've had radiation as well. I tell guys when I go hunting, I said, man, man, we don't need no flashlight. I'll glow for you. You know, just press the button on the back of my back and I'll just illuminate. And, uh, but I just believe in last year in Jennings, we were able to finish our children's building and pay cash. And now that service is 200 kids every service. You know, and so we're not here to put pressure on you. We're not here to, you know, if you don't do this, we, we've never been like that. And we won't be. We're just going to share the need and ask you to pray and say, God, what do you want me to be? What do you want me to do? How can I be a part? And Pastor Jamie and Cheryl will share with you. And then we plan on having an offer, uh, the final offering like November 17th and just see where God has us. And I mean, the first time we did it in Jennings, we didn't have enough. And so we just told the people this is what we had. And it happened. You know what I'm saying? And I can remember when we first got our land and and stuff in Jennings. I needed six and a half weeks to be able to purchase the building and the land. And we had 33 people in the entire church. That's including my family. Back then there were six of us. Now there's eight of us. You know what I'm saying? And God provided miraculously. And can I just believe, can I just tell you this? Anytime you move... In the direction of faith, God can show up. You see, fear does this. Fear closes the very thing God has for you. But faith opens the door. I have a guy in my life group. He said, Pastor Bubba, we were driving by. We lived in Lake Charles. Sometimes we go to Baton Rouge and we go to Bethany World Person, which is a great church there. We go to service there. And he said, but every once in a while, we'd stop by the regatta, which is in Lake Arthur. We'd take the Jennings exit. And he kept saying, man, we kept passing by OSC, and we started seeing cars all around. And he said, and then he said, then I looked at my wife one Sunday morning, and they kind of lived by Lake Charles. And he said, you know, baby, I think we're going to try that, that OSC church today. 
And she said, oh, why do you want to go to a little country church? And he said, I just feel like God's telling us to, to go by there, just to visit. And this is what they've been praying. They said, God, we don't want to live by fear. We want to live by faith. And she, he said, it was the last Sunday before you went on sabbatical that you preached. And you got up on a Sunday morning and you said, you know what? God wants you to live by faith and not live by fear. And he looked at his wife and goes, this is our church. And they've been coming since. You know? And, and, and I just believe this. When you step out on faith in anything, God can meet you. You see, what these disciples did, you know what? They just go, man, I'm following him. And what they begin to do is they, they begin to help one person at a time. They, they were part of a team. They were together. I read the, the account where Jesus sent out the 70. They had, they had groups of 35 teams, and there were two per team. And the Bible says they went for a season for like three months. And they came back, and they began to tell Jesus about all the things they had seen and what they experienced and how in his name they were able to cast out devils and see miracles take place. That wasn't the 12. That was the 35 besides the 12. And see, how many of you believe that if God would just help you, that you could believe that he could do something incredible? And let me just say it. Let's do it again. Let's trust God. Invest and invite. You know, be, you know, be generous with your resources. We're kind of trying to help you out. If God can take a $5 bill, put it this way. How many of you know if God can create fish when you break a fish's head and another fish appears? You never know what God can do with Abraham Lincoln. Are you hearing me? But here's the motive. I want Pastor Jamie and Cheryl and I want you to experience what God can do. Ask God, who should I give this to? Who should I invite? Who should I tell? Amen?